0: Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the director of local ministry development for 820 AM The Word. You know, one of my favorite documentaries that I watched earlier this year was The Last Dance. It was a story about the final season of the Chicago Bulls championship team in the late 1990s. I was a big Bulls fan back then. And there were so many themes within the documentary. Uh, A significant theme, though, was the energy and passion and win-at-all-costs of the alpha male Michael Jordan. And uh, if you were a Chicago Bulls fan back then like I was, it was amazing to see how a talent like Michael Jordan had to evolve through many years of falling short of winning the championship. It was several years. It finally took a great coach, uh, Phil Jackson, to convince Michael that he had to work within the concept of team. Uh, When you watch the episodes, Jordan himself admits he had to learn to work within a team in order to win. He never lost the passion or the competitive drive, but he had to learn to integrate himself into a team of men in order to accomplish the goal of winning six NBA championships. Joining me today on Heart of the City are two gentlemen, Russ Surratt and uh, Rusty Chadwick, who are both co-authors of a book called Teamwork, 13 Timeless Principles for Creating Success and Fulfillment as a Team Member. And they're part of Wind Shaped Teams, a Chick-fil-A's nonprofit foundation. Russ and Rusty, welcome to Heart of the City.
1: Thanks, Chuck. We are uh, glad to be here with you today and uh, thankful for some time to talk with you.
0: It's good to talk with both of you gentlemen. And I'd love for you to talk about why the book. Why is it important to for you to dedicate an entire book towards teamwork?
1: Well, Chuck... I- Rusty and I spend a a lot of time in the sphere of of working with teams and working with leaders. And uh, when you look at a lot of the books that are out there, um, both on the Christian side and on the secular side, both of them are written to leaders. And uh, some folks uh, identify as leaders, and and some would say, no, there's no way I'm not a leader. And so we really felt there was a need uh, to write a book to the team members specifically. And so that's what this book is is really designed around, it, it has useful leadership ideas in it, and, and there's definitely some uh, some content and some application for leaders, but it's mainly written to the individual team member, and how can you find success and fulfillment um, being part of a team? Kind of the same way you said with, with Michael Jordan in the last dance. Um, you know, he didn't really find that ultimate success, and I would also make the case probably fulfillment, Uh, until he really learned how to be a part of the team. And so our hope is that this book will will help uh, anybody that's on a team, whether it's at work, uh, at church, at home, uh, to be a better team member and to experience both that success and fulfillment. You
0: know, at times people think when they think about the concept of a team, it's as if you've got to kind of uh, subvert your own identity, you've got to kind of lay down your own identity, and, and give over to the the identity of the team, and that's not necessarily true, is it? You know what are what are the, some of the ways that you can benefit personally by actually deciding to work within a team as opposed to striking off on your own or or seeing it as uh, you're helping someone else's benefit?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a team is in a place where we want to kind of lose all of who we are uh, as, as a part of it. You know, we we talk in uh, in teamwork about the fact that one of the first things that team members can do uh, to, to serve their team well is just to own their role and really bring the fullness of who God's created them to be to that team effort. And uh, the, the opportunity there is to really compound the efforts of each individual member so that the team's outcome is not just 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 3, but uh, it's 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 5 or 6, and that there's a sense in which we bring the fullness of ourselves to that individual uh, space on the team, uh, we can really kind of accomplish something greater than any of us could by ourselves. And so the, the call certainly is, is to put ourselves aside, um, but to bring the fullness of ourselves together with the fullness of others to create this really exciting
0: uh, future. You used a key word there that I think is really important as far as maturing as an individual and just understanding ourselves in the context of a team, and that is understanding our role, isn't it? And and oftentimes there's this tendency to see roles— as uh, elevating yourself above others or being dominant above others depending upon what the pecking order of that team is the reality is re- truly is understanding your role uh, really helps not only you but also benefits the others who understand their roles I, I i guess i go back to the you know the last dance and understanding that when you saw that documentary the guys that were around uh, michael jordan began to understand what their roles were and when they embraced that and everyone embraced that is when you start to become a cohesive team. Isn't that true?
1: Yeah, I think it absolutely is. Um, and and kind of owning your role um, is is really, we would say that is the first part. Um, you know, our book is split uh, into two main sections and we kind of think of the idea of being a great teammate is being built around these two sections. And one of those is a, is a drive towards personal excellence and kind of, and that's where the owning your role part fits. And then the second half of that is sacrificial service. And that's really kind of how does your role and how do you serve uh, the people on your team, like how does that all fit together? And so, you know, I think about, yeah, the last band I was a huge Bulls fan growing up and, Um, I think you can see the change in in Jordan through the years where he always had the drive for personal excellence. But I think it's maybe that sacrificial service side that he had to really learn. Like, how do I take what I'm really great at and and that personal excellence and owning my role and just being the best that I can be? And then how how do I morph that into a group of other people who also want to be the best at what they can be? And then, you know, like I said, Phil Jackson having a, a coach that can kind of bring that together and see the bigger picture um, that even the individuals can't see. So uh, we would say absolutely. It does start with owning your own role. And, and even um, one of my favorite uh, stories from Scripture comes from, you know, Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mountain. Um, Jesus, you know, talks about going the second mile. And so, we you know, we like to— Hear that language quite often, like go the second mile, go beyond, but we have to go the first mile first. So that's where the owning your role in that first mile and then going a little bit further uh, in the second mile can really bring a team together.
0: You know, I think it's so important, uh, and I was reading portions of the book here uh, of being able to understand your role and 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 what motivates you and what's your uh what's your professional motivations? Uh, I look back at, on my life and this was uh almost 30 years ago that I sat in a session. Actually it was at our church, uh, a leadership uh, uh some leadership sessions and we were doing a uh, a seminar called Sema Patterns. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but the, I know there's a lot of motivational assessments that are like that. And it was the first time in my life that I was able to sit down and review like five key events in my life where I began to see a pattern. And then out of that, out of that assessment, I was able to find some words to go along with it, which was the thing that is my strength is to organize and operate. That event 30 years ago helped for me to not only articulate what I do best, but then help me understand my role when I work within a team. And so I see that as really valuable and and really appreciate when you talk about that in Chapter 4 of taking assessments. How important is that?
2: Chuck, I have a similar experience in that, you know, over the years, I've been with WK teams for 10 years now, uh, and prior to that, I worked at a ranch uh, for a few years, and that was where I had my 1st real leadership role. And uh, I remember uh, specifically a story that comes to my mind from working at that ranch where I was leading a team of about nine or ten people, and I had been pushing the team pretty hard all summer. And uh, one day I felt like, you know, I really want to help these folks. I really want to encourage them. It's my day off. I went to town. I bought some donuts and I brought them in. And I thought this is going to be my big day. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the morale of this team up. I left the donuts there. Hey, great job this summer team. I came back at the end of the day, and uh, I did not get the rousing response that I thought I was going to get. And uh, there wasn't a lot of gratitude. It didn't seem the morale was really improved. And, and I kind of asked around, and the team shared, "You know, you've been really hard on us all summer, and one box of donuts isn't <laughs> going to change uh, change that." And it's just a good, a great lesson for me early on in leadership around, you know, around encouragement and that sort of thing. But it was also a lesson in self awareness because I didn't realize how I was being perceived by the team. And I think that really is true on any team that we're on. You know, all of us have strengths and weaknesses. We all have blind spots, things that we don't see about ourselves that others see. And assessments are a great way, as you mentioned, to start to identify, you know, what are those specific unique gifts and strengths that God's given me? What are those uh, specific ways that I tend to show up and behave just because of how I'm wired? And that really does start to provide some, some language, a common language we can use among the team to identify those places where I can put my efforts they are going to help the most. And uh, sometimes interest doesn't always equal aptitude. And so we have to just you know, really be able to listen to one another and, uh, and find ways to determine what it is about ourselves that can bring the most value to the team. And I, 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 I totally agree with you on that.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's actually kind of fun uh, when, you're, when you're doing those kinds of assessments. If, if it's a work environment, when you're with your either management team or, or other team members or even an entire staff of, of 15 to 20 people, and you begin to do those assessments and share them with each other, uh, you can have some really laughable moments. You're like, yep, that's you to a T. And other people are, you know, discovering things that they might not have realized about themselves. But even the process of doing an assessment can really help build a team, can it?
1: Yeah, Chuck, I think yeah, that, I one of the biggest things that is great for assessment is just the fact that it creates a common language yes. uh, for you and your team. And, and there are all kinds of different assessments out there. And We've used uh, a lot of different ones, DISC, Myers-Briggs, Strength Finder, PREP. There's all kinds of different ones that are out there. Um, and I think, you know, a couple of things. One is using a variety of assessments uh, can kind of give you different uh, viewpoints uh, on yourself and on your team. But the, but really having a common language, I mean, that's what's most uh, helpful, I think, because then – not only do I begin to understand myself a little bit better, but I can explain myself in a way that hopefully other people on my team can understand.
0: You're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead. And with me today, I have two gentlemen. They're they're co-authors of the book, Teamwork, 13 Timeless Principles for Creating Success and Fulfillment as a Team. And it's Russ Surratt and uh, Rusty Chadwick with Win Shape Teams, which is a Chick Fil A nonprofit foundation. I was looking also at chapter seven, where we were you were talking about responding to change. In these times, so many teams are going through change because of COVID, because of new working styles. I know that's happening here in our offices, where some are working remotely, others are here in the facility. The workflow has changed. Uh, the the actual uh, communication has changed with zoom meetings and with phone calls and conference calls and all those sorts of things you know there is a ripple effect of change on a team's productivity and and business performance so are there ways to measure the ripple effect of a change in a team's outlook or motivation how how do you gentlemen uh, assess that and how do you view that
1: i think the the biggest thing for change assessing change is to start with the individual and to Really uh, try to understand how that change is affecting you as an individual. You know, one of the things we talk about in the book is um, responding versus reacting. And uh, quite often, change gets difficult when we just uh, react. And uh, oftentimes, that's, you know, driven by emotions, but really, emotions can just be um, information uh, and helping us learn how to respond. So, kind of taking that pause and and really saying, okay, how am I feeling about this change? What's this doing to me? Um, you know, working from home right now, um, if, if you've got kids at home, if you've got another spouse that's there, um, it's a huge change. Um, there's a lot more distraction and you don't have that, that easy connection. Um, so where are you at with the change first? And then when you have a, a pretty clear understanding of that, then I think it's great to engage in, in conversation um with the team the other folks on your team to kind of figure out, hey, where is it going for you? Um, what can we do that's going to make us more productive? What, what are we going to do that's going to make things more clear? Um, I think the work-from-home piece uh, has been most difficult in, for me, um, and everything has to be scheduled. You know, it used to be when I was in the office, I could just uh, walk down the hall or pass somebody uh, on the way to lunch and be able to, you know, grab them for a quick minute and have a conversation, whereas now it feels like every single conversation has to be scheduled on the calendar so that we can connect. And uh, that was, that was hard for me at first. Uh, I think I've gotten a little bit better now because I've given myself a little bit of grace on that. But then I've also talked to some of my team members to find out, Hey, you know, let's, let's make some scheduled times that we know we can lean into each other um, every day and then uh, not feel like, maybe everything in our day has to be scheduled. So maybe that's just, you know, one example. Um, but yeah, change is is inevitable. And uh, I actually think about change as a sign of a healthy team. I mean, think about anything kind of in the natural world. It's either, you know, living or dying. Uh, there's no kind of plateau. Um, and so really the fact that you're experiencing change means that you're alive and you have opportunity to grow. So um, that's maybe a little bit different perspective than most people have on change, but uh, I try to just look at it as a, as a way uh, to remind ourselves that we actually have the chance to grow.
0: Well, we've been talking a lot about the business environment, but I'd like to kind of transition a little bit and talk about it as it relates to the church and with leaders within the church and teams within the church, because, you know, we have some, uh, you know, natural things that we have to do as far as goals and. Etc. With a business, a radio station, or a, a car dealership, or whomever you know, we've we've got the requirements of a team. But when it comes to church, what are the things that you're seeing happening within churches, and how does the principles in your book help teammates in a in a church environment?
2: Chuck, my dad's a pastor and has been my whole life, and so he's actually retiring this year after 37 years. So. Uh... I've been in that environment for a long time. And, you know, churches are an interesting space for this because oftentimes, you know, pastors and church leadership teams don't get a lot of training in uh, leadership or team development along the way. And um, so, so it can be a challenge sometimes to incorporate that into, uh, in, into that working world. Um, but I think that, I mean, the reality of it is that all of these principles in the book that we're talking about are, are sourced in scripture and i think you know passages like philippians chapter 2 um, do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility count others more significant than ourselves and you know uh luke 22 25 uh you know the kings of the gentiles exercise lordship over them and those in authority over them are called benefactors but not so with you rather let the greatest among you become the least and i think that, that you know, that's that permeates all of scripture and so i think just like in a business environment in a team at work, we're still called to accomplish a purpose and see our people fulfilled. And, and, you know, Russ and I really believe that a a successful team is one where purposes are accomplished and people are fulfilled. And so whether that's, you know, a business objective or a key performance indicator in, in in a more business setting, or that's the purpose that a church has in discipling uh, 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 individuals or, you know, just evangelism or small groups or whatever the purposes are that that church is, is, accomplishing, you know, when those are being accomplished and people are being fulfilled and that's a successful team. And so applying you know this, this concept of personal excellence and sacrificial service in the church environment really uh is 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 the same principles are at work.
0: Well, Russ and Rusty, we've got about four minutes left and uh as we're as I was looking at uh moving on in the chapters the the thirteenth uh, principle is promoting safety. I know even in the church environment these days people are afraid of going to church uh uh you know because of covid and that sort of thing and and so you know th- there's discussion about the the physical safety of people, but then also the emotional safety of people you know. The common term now is having safe spaces. And so part of the idea of, of, of uh, the book, the, as I read it, is that, you know, you're promoting the fact that working within a team environment, there should be that feeling of safety.
1: Yeah, I, safety is, is, is key to any kind of a team. And, you know, when that safety is low, then you know, openness is going to be out the door with it. And uh, so, I mean, I think specifically in a a church context, when you have people that that don't feel safe, I mean, the opportunity for transparency, the opportunity for deeper relationships, um, is just going to be a lot more difficult. Um, We are not naturally wired to be vulnerable when we don't feel safe, and you know, so much of what makes uh, a strong church family is, is in small groups and, and Sunday school classes is when people can really be vulnerable with each other and, and can share uh, the struggles that they're having and share the celebrations that they have and how, you know, what God's teaching them and uh, where they're growing. And, and so I think Casey is, is of the essence, um, you know, to be able to have that vulnerability, to be able to have those deep relationships. And, you know, when we're not able to physically get together, um, safely, uh, the way things are right now for a lot of folks, that definitely makes a challenge. And so I, I think the, the key there is we just have to be more intentional. Um, we got to check in on each other, and we just kind of give each other a little more grace than normal. Um, I'm sure some folks are probably feeling like, man, I'm ready to move on from this whole COVID-19 thing, um, and I'm ready to just get back to normal. And others, you know, legitimately not feeling Uh, safe, you know, to kind of get out. And so just giving each other grace and realizing that we all have different feelings about it, but also understanding that we really want to engage. We want to be intentional about growing relationships.
0: Well, we have about two minutes, and uh, if you could just, one of you, spend about a minute, you know... Writing a book, there's probably a kind of a metamorphosis that takes place, a a catharsis (laughs) uh, as you're doing the writing. That you're learning as you're going, and so what would you say you learned most as you were putting together this project?
2: Uh, You know, Chuck, man, lots, so many lessons. But I think you know, even what you're what you're referencing a a moment ago with the church and COVID nineteen and just all that's going on in our world. I think one of the biggest lessons for me throughout this book is just it's hard. It's hard to serve others, and it's hard to put our own interests aside. And I think that, you know, whether it's uh, being open to a different perspective, uh, this is a time where uh, there are strong opinions uh, at play and being willing to listen and ask questions and understand someone else's perspective, it's hard. And uh, changing my behavior for the good of the team or sacrificing, taking on additional work myself that someone else can kind of have the pause that they need, it's hard. And, uh, but it's worth it, and I think the, the, the book was definitely a process of me coming to grips with the fact that it's easy to say I want to be on a team, but actually putting in the work to, to, to serve and create a high-performing team is, is much harder, and we need a lot of help from the Lord in that process, that's for sure.
0: We're wrapping up here, and I want to make sure that as we're talking about the book, we're able to tell our listeners how they can get the book. The, the name of the book is Teamwork, 13 Timeless Principles for Creating Success and Fulfillment. As a team member, and it was written by Russ Surratt and Rusty Chadwick from Windshape Teams. If you want to go to the website, it's teamworkbook.co, teamworkbook.co, and uh, you can also find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and other places where books are sold. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City.
1: Thank you, Chuck. It's
0: been our pleasure. Yeah, God bless. Yeah, thank you, Chuck, so much. You've been listening to this 820 AM The Word special, Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmsted, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.